Good morning. It is Monday, October 30th, five minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Well, we have spent a little bit of time talking about Mike Pence this morning because, you know. He gone. He dropped out of the presidential race. You know who's still in it. Everyone else. Yeah, well, (laughs) Donald Trump. And boy, it's like he's on tour, you know? He spent his weekend in Iowa. He was also in Las Vegas. I I feel like, I I wonder if he went to the Sphere while he was out in Las Vegas, you Uh, know? I've told you my wife is totally obsessed with the Sphere. So the Sphere, if you haven't heard, Mm -hmm. is this $2.5 billion concert venue. And the outside of it is all LED lights. There's mm-hmm. something like 540,000 LED lights, and they can make the sphere whatever they want it to be. And one of the things they're using it for is uh, marketing and advertising purposes. You can actually buy time on the sphere, and it'll put your message up. But the kind of the default of the sphere is this little sun-looking type character. Yeah. It's a bright yellow ball, and it's mm-hmm. got eyes, and it moves around, and my wife is obsessed with... She wants to go back to Las Vegas just to see this thing. I'm I like, want to see a concert there. I think like, it would be amazing. No, she doesn't want to go in. She just oh. wants to look at the sun. The this little The little guy that moves the <laughs> eyes around. I'm like, you can just see it on the internet for free. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably have some sort of live cam she could pull up and just watch it online. Noah, Noah who is uh, learning from Kevin. Mm-hmm. By the way, Kev, are you leaving us? Like, what is going on? There's a different person in here every day learning how to do this show with you. Uh, I'm just taking some time off later this month oh, okay. and uh next month so we're just trying to train some people very to fill worried in. maybe you were going in no. the abyss or something no okay just, I, there's just a lot of new hires and yeah. just got trained noah people. who is phil who is learning from kev today he mm-hmm. just went to a big shindig out there in vegas he said he saw the the sphere yeah. fly, flying into mm-hmm. vegas i mean that's kind of creepy right like you're flying in and there's this big Huge yellow ball. ball with eyes that moves looking at you yeah uh don't you think donald trump could pack it and and how incredible would that be to have him in the middle of that well i don't know how big is the actual sphere itself like i mean how many many seats how many people does hold? let's see if only there were some way at my fingertips i could look information up and have the entire world at my (laughs) at my beck and call let's see here uh sphere capacity 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 okay what do you okay what do you think it is well i heard you say an eight so what is that, 80,000? No, no, it's not that big. No, not even close. Well, I don't know how big it is. I Eight, haven't seen it in person. 18,000 people. Oh, okay. So, so I, don't really Trump, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Trump could do 18,000 people. I mean, Trump could do like- You uh, don't think he could? No way. So like when I, having gone to, let's see, one, two, three, I think four. I think I've been to four of the Trump events, five. Southport might've been five. Uh, anyway, he, Trump can easily do, like if you're at a- like the Coliseum at mm-hmm. the where the at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. Trump can Trump can fill that place. That's whatever that is, four or five thousand people, depending on how the staging is set up, et cetera. Trump can do that, no problem. Nah, they'd be really pressed unless it's like the Republican. You don't think he could do three times that? No, I don't. Fill the sphere. It's the same thing each time, though, Casey. It's not that entertaining anymore. Like originally, it was fun, but now it's just the same. Same message. It's just the same. He's been talking a lot about foreign policy recently. And that's what he was doing. When he was in Iowa, he actually, he, he he messed up and he said he was in Sioux Falls oh. instead of Sioux City. You ever done that where you, uh, where you. Welcome to the stage. Ever, and, all those concerts you've been to, you used to introduce people on stage quite a bit, didn't you? Uh, yes. I never messed up a city. I did mess up a band once. No, no, no. I'm saying, did you ever see a band? Because the, 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 uh. MO, motor, modus operandi for rock stations, mm-hmm. is to have the hot, blonde, disc jockey chick right. get up and bring the band on stage. Right. So I imagine you did that many, many times. Yeah. Did you ever see a band get 
like it would have been South Bend for you or or uh, we're in Michigan. We're uh, Lansing, Lansing, Michigan, mm-hmm. East Lansing. Um, did you ever have a band get the city wrong? No, that's pretty good. Yeah, not that I know of. But like I said, I've misintroduced a band. Oh, really? Well, like, was, like you said, it was Green Day, and it was really no. It was it was Joan Jett, and I forgot the Blackhearts. Oh, she was angry. Oh, yes. Really? Made me go back out on stage. But you do what? It. No, wait. Time out. Whatever we have to say about Trump is not as important as this. What? What are you even <laughs> saying? So you said was this in South Bend? Uh, it was, no, it was in Michigan. Okay, so you said, ladies and gentlemen, Joan, Joan Jett. Jett. Yeah. Okay, so that's correct. And it then is Joan I, Jett. And then I got off the stage, and yeah. she was supposed to go on, and she, uh-uh, you forgot the oh, black. Oh, she refused to go on the stage? Yes. What? And told me I forgot the black hearts, and I, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And she said, go do it again. <laughs> and you know what? I did. So instead of just simply being a professional and going, uh... Hey, it's so good to see you tonight, East Lansing. And mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, don't forget the greatest damn house band in all the land, the Blackhearts, mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, whatever. She decided she was going to big time you. Yeah. She, I think she felt like I was, you know, sliding her band. And it wasn't that at all. I just, like... You froze. Yeah, No, I didn't even know that I was supposed to include the Blackhearts. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, mean, it wasn't pr- like... That is pretty bad. You know. I mean, it, I think it's universally... No, it's Joan Jack, Joan Jett and the... It's like Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Well, if you were going to introduce Bruce Springsteen, would you know to say... Yes! Uh, okay. Well, see. <laughs> yeah, well, you got you to gotta give props to the uh, backing band. I mean, you do. Like, I mean, you, and, and so it was, a, it was, it was a... I'm not going to say this is like a crisis point failure on your part. I mean, it was a pretty major faux pas, but she should have been more professional to say, look, you're out there trying as hard as you could. You clearly have no vested interest in screwing over Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. And she should have just handled it professionally mm-hmm. and said, hey, good evening. It's great to see you. Are you guys having a good time? And don't forget, we're going to rock tonight with yeah. the greatest darn house band in all the land. Ladies and gentlemen, the Blackhearts, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four. How about that? See? Yeah, that was amazing. Well, do you think the bandmates also would have been pissed at her that they didn't get the props? No, I think it, if she, she's covering it. I mean, look, you're yeah. you're if you are a, if you are a I mean, can you name okay, can you name <laughs> one member of the Blackhearts? No. No. Nor can anyone else. You're not of the level where people would Right. Like if, if you are, they might have even changed over the years. Yeah, I mean, there are certain bands where it's so and so and like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. Like, you can name people that are a part of the... It's a very yeah. famous backing band. Uh, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... that's And the E Street Band. The E you Street Band. Weinberg exactly. And- like So those are, yes, those people, not everybody, but people inside of that band have gone on to become either, you know, light, late night television or t- uh, television shows or whatever mm-hmm. because of their affiliation. You cannot do that with the Blackhearts. Nobody knows a single solitary person in the Blackhearts outside of the Blackhearts and their immediate family. Correct. It's a it's a known band because mm-hmm. Joan Jett was very popular at one point, but they are not an integral part of the show itself. Well, and she was on tour with Loverboy, and it's not like I went out and said, and now Mike Reno. <laughs> so I wasn't doing it intentionally. But I will tell you that when Joan Jett says do it again, you do it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, she, I, she seems kind of intimidating. Yeah, I mean, like again, yeah. you, it's it's not Mike Campbell or or, or uh, Howie Epstein or you know. Are you naming people from the Black Arts? No, from the from the from the Heartbreakers, like Tom Petty, okay. like people you would see and go, oh my gosh, that's such a named person. I would I would know 
who that dude is. It is not Steven Van Zandt or Nils Lofgren or Max Weinberg from the E Street Band. I just am amazed. And this, I feel like, is totally worthy of being the lead story that we talk about this hour. <laughs> that is unbelievable that she big-timed you like that, when she totally could have covered it herself and actually made it sound even better. So did you go out and are we like Garth in Wayne's World? And you're like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> no, I just tried to play it off like I'm going to get you. You weren't pumped up enough. So let's, like, Zipruder, let's do it again. Let's Zapruder film this. Like, in we slow- really want to be excited. No, let's Zapruder film this in slow motion here, Casey, for our audience. <laughs> so you're on stage mm-hmm. and you say, ladies and gentlemen, Joan Jett. Yeah. You leave the stage. Right. Then instead of the band coming on stage, there's just what? Like nothing? Like no movement? So the crowd is cheering and there's no movement. And it, does Joan Jett grab you by the collar no. like in the movies? No, she didn't grab me by the collar. I mean, she's she's petite. Right. But still. Like, but what did, you she, know. what did she say? Hey, Blondie. Yeah. Like you forgot my band. And I was like, oh. Uh, okay, and she go and then do did it she, again. Did she did she say get your attractive ass back on stage and announce? <laughs> do it again. Okay, then how do you handle it? Do you say, ladies and gentlemen, I've made an egregious mistake? No, I just went back and I. All right, here they come. They're coming out. It's oh, Joe okay. You didn't know and it. the Blackhearts. Okay, all right, you know that's a good recovery. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, like you know, just like oh, you guys weren't excited. Yeah. I blamed it on the audience. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? <laughs> wow. Where were we going with this segment? We were going to be talking about Donald Trump. Well, let's do it. And foreign policy. What's Trump doing? All right. Here's what he said when he was in Iowa. All over the planet, our enemies knew that one thing with us, that if you try to kill our citizens, we will kill you. We will kill you. And I hate to say that in front of the hundred great pastors and faith leaders and everybody that endorsed. We have so many great people. But that's the way we're going to keep our country safe. It's, uh, we have no choice. So faith leaders, I think they agree because they're smart and they understand. And we have to have, thank you, I have one of the hundred that definitely agrees. So that's good. There they are. They're going. That's good. But now we have to keep our country safe. And we do it not because we want to start wars. We do it because we want to stop wars. We want to prevent wars from happening. Remember Hillary? She said, he'll cause, he'll cause a war. He'll cause a war. They'll look at him. The way he talks, he'll cause a war. I said, no, the way I talk, I'll stop wars. I'm the only president in 72 years that didn't start a war. The only one. Okay, so not only did Hillary say it, but Joe Biden said it in 2020. He said, you know, the walls were going to close in on him. And um, he was worried that Trump was going to get us into a war with Iran specifically. And then Biden went on to say, unfortunately, I may be right about this. Well, look where we are today. Kevin. How long does it take you to find the hate mail? How like how do you how long do you need me to filibuster? Because we have to read this guy's comment in the YouTube chat because this is a real person. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it out. Okay, perfect. So you can watch us. You can watch Casey today on the YouTube chat. My camera is broke again. Uh, weekend guy. I think I've narrowed it down to two people. It is very clear. Let me say, not Terry Stacy nor uh, the Home and Garden <laughs> people um, broke my camera. So you can't actually. I think it's just a faulty cable. I or do not think like that, that, Kev. I think it just keeps happening because the host for the weekend sit right here, Kev, and it's always this camera. Don't defend these people. There is no defending what's taking place here. Um, We were just having a very fun, lighthearted chat about 
did that upset somebody? Yes, about and this is we're just not allowed to have fun, Casey. We're okay. not allowed to chuckle. We're not allowed to have any joy nor make people smile. Um, we ourselves are not allowed to have fun. <laughs> this is are, are we ready? This was an actual comment from a oh, guy no. in the YouTube chat about us, us having a fun, lighthearted, innocent conversation okay. about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Sure. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Imagine being this person, Casey. Yeah. I'm 54. And back in the day, nobody gave a it. Except he didn't use the word it. Mm-hmm. He used the word we can't say. Yeah. So there's some profanity in here, too. Okay. Nobody gave an it about mentioning the Blackhearts. <laughs> it wasn't a thing, millennial guy. <laughs> Casey was around. <laughs> And you weren't. <laughs> so imagine what what is going on in this guy's life that he is so enraged about us having fun with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts that not only does he need to be that mean, but he's going to throw some profanity in there, too, so that he knows. That's a new name that I've never seen, too. Yeah. He's, he's sticking up for me. He gets it. Because it's true. We didn't say Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. We would say Joan Jett. But it, I, 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 look, and again, you're more seasoned than I am. Mm-hmm. I have always re- if, heard if, the, if I were to say, hey, who sings that song, I Love Rock and Roll? Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. See, we would have, uh, Joan Jett and would have been the answer. And that's fine. There's no need for this sort of reaction. <laughs> like, that is not the, uh, I mean, sir, whatever, whatever your name is, if you could type into the YouTube chat, what do you need us to pray for for you today? So that you have a better rest of your day, that the, having a fun, lighthearted conversation about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts does not enrage you to this point. We will be happy to do that for you. Uh, we need to get to a break, but when we come back, um, because we're trying to smile through all the chaos that's going on in the world, we've got something funny that happened over the weekend. And also, um, I think we have a, uh, we know what the Biden foreign policy oh, is. Exciting. It's one word. And we're going to hear from our vice president coming up from 93 WIBC. Two minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So over the weekend, Kamala Harris was on uh, CBS. And I think what she has done is narrowed down the Biden foreign policy uh-huh. into one word. Oh. And we've heard the word from the president. So just in case we're not clear, here's what it is. To Iran. Don't. As President Biden said, just don't. Exactly. One word. Pretty straightforward. There it is. Did you get it? I got it. Um, and that's easy for the president to remember. Yeah. Right? When you're just narrowing it down. Have you noticed that there's been a lot of talk which sounds very similar to talk that happened after 9-11 in regards to Iran and uh, Hamas and everything? Sounds very much like uh, George W. Bush. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's an opportunity, clearly. I mean, this is a made-for moment for the politicians who have no hesitation whatsoever to send other people's kids to fight and die, and they've got uh, many of them, and they are totally beholden to these very large corporations who make colossal amounts of money off uh, – U.S. foreign U.S. involvement in in foreign countries, and this is a made-for moment because they see, oh, and and rightfully so, large-scale support united behind Israel. And so, if you can sell it to be whatever it is, whatever you need it to be for the American people to be behind it, then why why wouldn't you uh, why wouldn't you go for it? Can we talk about how stupid Kamala Harris is for a second? Sure. 
Like, have you ever just, Casey, you were in management for a long time in radio. Mm -hmm. And no doubt you have met people who you have looked at that are either like on scale with you or maybe slightly ahead of you in these various corporate meetings. And you're just like, that person is an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. And you sit there and you ponder, how did this person rise to Mm -hmm. this level? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that every time I hear Kamala Harris, like how you can only interpersonal relations your way so far in life. At some point, you know, I mean, she was getting elected to U.S. the U.S. Senate. She was getting elected to, you know, where she got at some point. What? Who looks at this and is like, this is acceptable for a person? Well, I think that's the difference between politicians and the real world, because in our industry, for example, you have to get the ratings. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. You have to be able to prove yourself. Which is wild. I've lasted this long because I'm told nobody's listening. In other jobs, you have to be able to prove profit. Yeah. Okay? What does she have to prove? How is she held accountable but, as a politician? But why? That was a really great policy. But why, Casey? Why is, and this is the question that I will continue to ask, if you go to the local Taco Bell and someone screws up your order, mm-hmm. there is a... 10,000 word post on the townie chatterboard about how the local Taco Bell has agreed agreed you in some shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. And yet when it's politics and these politicians lie to us or they're just complete morons or they screw up our existence, people just go, well, that's just politics. Yeah. What? Why the- is the Taco Bell, why are we more passionate about the Taco Bell than we are the stuff that actually matters? Why? No one can provide a clear-cut answer for to me on, on this topic. Let's uh, talk about the information that you just found out. What? Muncie. Yes. John Mellencamp. What? You're not even going to answer this question? We're just going to get out of this? Well, I, It's a life-altering question? It is a life-altering. What do you want me to say? Well, I mean, we had the guy in Martinsville who said that uh, only 8% of people said that they were engaged well, in local point. politics because they were either too busy that's good or point. they don't think they can affect change or they've given up. Malaise. It's. I mean, there is. I think it's a variety of reasons. So we will not give up on the Taco Bell screwing up our order, but we will give up on the people who lord over us in society. Well, do you think that you can affect change at the Taco Bell more or less <laughs> than the federal government? Uh, but it's all levels of government. There are people equally stupid to Kamala Harris in Central Indiana who make decisions over people at a local, at a city level, at a town level, yeah. at a county level. Right. But if you call the corporate hotline for Taco Bell, they might at least offer you a free burrito next time. What's the federal government going to do? That's a good point. We're going to offer you no property taxes next year. They're not going to do that. That's a great point. Um, Yes, big news. John Mellencamp has announced he is... uh, kicking off i guess it's an it's not a new tour i think it's an extension of the current tour that he yeah. just rep, wrapped up he's going to be in muncie and he's huh? going to be in muncie uh on let's see what day is this march the 22nd i feel like we could do a muncie trip mm-hmm. and of course i have a you know connection to melon camp like i'm going to tell you how important i am here mm-hmm. my dear dear friend troy kennett who is the greatest keyboard player in all the land local legend is the keyboard player for uh john melon camp and so we could go. Now, I have posted on Troy's page because he posted this up that this is happening. At every event I go see Troy at, like we'll go see him at the Rathskeller or various other local places he plays, I will very loudly shout, we love Troy.
joy at the end of every song mm-hmm. in an attempt to get him to smile and embarrass him. Mm-hmm. And so I asked, I said, if I go to the Melon Camp show and I keep shouting, we love Troy, am I going to get kicked out for being true? Too pro Troy when everybody, of course, Mellencamp is the star. Is there to see yeah. Mellencamp. That's the last thing I want to do is cause any controversy at the Mellencamp concert. Of course not. Did you notice how many times they played a Mellencamp song at the Colts game oh yesterday? Oh my gosh. In the, wow. uh, in the Lucas Oil? It was like there were four, four or five. Oh yeah. All yeah. of it. Yeah, no Henry Lee Summer though. We gotta <laughs> we gotta get on that person. <laughs> it's eleven twenty-eight. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. 33, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Don't know if you caught it, but uh, the former White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, oh. she is not a fan of the new Speaker of the House, oh. Mike Johnson. Oh, well, yeah, he's very Christian and very, uh, seems like a very decent human, so I can imagine she would not be a fan of that. Yeah, she said that he's a religious fundamentalist. <laughs> I got it right. I didn't mm-hmm. even know what you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Did I call it or did I call it? Uh, she said, first glance, he does seem fine, fine-ish, conservative, yes. And then she went on to say, I mean, you know, if nothing else, he wears a suit and has glasses. How threatening can he be? Sounds like the description after many first dates that I went on. <laughs> what was the, how's it start? On first glance, he seems fine, fine-ish. Fine-ish. <laughs> <laughs> how bad could it be? What was, her, what was the first part of that direct quote? Because I'm certain I heard that numerous, numerous times. First glance, Mike Johnson does seem fine, fine-ish. Uh-huh. Conservative, Yes. But he, he wears a suit and glasses, so well, how, how threatening can he be? <laughs> how threatening can he be? Mm-hmm. Famous last words of the people who got in the car with Bundy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Mike Johnson, he's been doing a lot of the talk shows. He was on with uh, Maria Barta, Bartoloma. Barta, Bartaroma. Bartaroma. Yeah. And, uh, he, Bartoloma-roma. Bartoloma-roma. That's that's, instead of, uh, instead of uh, Kloppenstein sign, it's Bartoloma-roma. That's our <laughs> new name for her. So, Bartoloma-roma. He was asked about uh, Hunter Biden and if he... He will subpoena Hunter Biden. Are you expecting to subpoena Hunter Biden? Um, I'm, I'm looking at that. I, you know, I think that uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, and that perhaps is, is overdue. We've not made a full decision yet. I'm, I'm uh, counseling with the uh, attorneys involved on all of this to see what the contours of. I'm, I'm an attorney myself, so I speak the language. Um, we're trying to move forward on some of this very aggressively. I think the American people are owed these answers, and I think uh, our suspicions about all this, um, the evidence that we've gathered so far, as you, as you, as you know, uh, is, is affirming what many of us feared may be the worst. And you know, as Jamie Comer likes to say, bank records don't lie. We already have a lot of this evidence. The dots are being connected and we'll see where it leads. So the entire time that we were without a Speaker of the House, Comer continued on with his investigation. And now he's hemming and hawing, though, about if they're going to subpoena Hunter Biden. And it just makes you wonder, like, is this guy going to be constipated with this issue as well? Well, you've got to, when you're a leader, you've got to decide the agenda. And one of the problems with these politicians is they placate to the media too much. They let the media drive the agenda. You've got, as a politician, the successful people are people who walk in and say, I was elected to do X, I'm doing X. And if you don't like it, there's an upcoming election where you can weigh in on whether you liked X being done. Too many of these guys get all caught up in what the media's opinion on this, how the stories get written, and they just... They don't follow through on the things they promise to do for the people. Okay, so some uh, people, conservatives, MAGA members, already getting a little bit upset with Mike Johnson because of his plan to deliver 
billions of dollars in aids to Israel. Well, and this and so this becomes the question for Mike Johnson. And we talked about, I'm not weighing in good, bad, or indifferent on this guy until I see what he does, because too many people, too many of these people promise one thing, Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. get elected and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you're going to continue to throw billions of dollars at all of this stuff, how do you plan on getting inflation under control? The two things do not compute. What's the offset? Okay, you're going to take, let's say it's $3 billion in extra aid for Israel. I'm just picking a number. I have no idea if that's the number or anywhere close. Well, where's your offset? What are you? What $3 billion are you going to cut mm-hmm. in order to give Israel the $3 billion? That doesn't look like that's a conversation they're going to have. They're just going to throw the money, which is the printed money, which is the deficit, which is the debt, which is the, the, the inflation. So to me, if you're just going to keep doing this, who cares who's in there? Same guys. It's, they're, they're all the same. It's a new boss, same as the old boss. Yep. Well, he was asked, is he going to send money to Israel? As soon as I uh, took the gavel, our, our work began, and we passed the resolution, as you noted, in, in, uh, in strong support of our strong ally and great friend Israel. We had to do that. And then I flew last night to Las Vegas and spoke to the Republican Jewish Coalition, as you noted, uh, to, to send a further signal that this is an, a priority for our country, and we cannot allow the brutality and the just unspeakable evil that is, that is happening against Israel right now to continue. We're going to stand with our friends. Oh, okay. You throwing money at stuff is not prioritizing. You simply throwing money at at something is abusing the taxpayer. See, I, all these politicians act like they're doing something great or noble or whatever. Well, we we we're pledging to spend. No, you're pledging to print. You're not saying, "Hey, this is a priority, and we're going to cut." You know, uh, three billion from. Medicare, Medicare or Medicaid or you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's never or from the from the military, we're going to take money that we're going to spend over here for Ukraine and we're going to pull. None of that is coming from the Republicans. It's always like they want some sort of award because, well, I flew to Las Vegas and gave a meaningless speech. That doesn't mean anything. Your speech that you gave to the Jewish coalition doesn't help at all. Your actions are what matter. That's it. Period. End of story. And these stupid, worthless resolutions also don't change anything. You stand with Israel. Great. Fine. Good for you. Most people support you. But simply throwing money at them doesn't make our situation here at home any better either. And you never you never get the offsets with these people. It's just how much money can they throw at something? And then we threw the money at it. And look at us. Look at what we did. Well, you know, the U.S. has spent like, what, the last 70 years being the world's police force. And in that time, we've stayed out of World War Three. <laughs> and what would happen if the U.S. steps back? I mean, I don't want unnecessary wars. But at the same time, we have to know what's going on and we can't ignore it either. So it's what we are doing is not working. Our foreign policy is not working. Well, clearly our, don't. Our domestic. Don't. You mean you mean don't? <laughs> our foreign policy of don't. <laughs> I just look, our country is run by people who do not have the intestinal fortitude to make the proper decisions, the hard decisions necessary to fiscally get this country back on track. And until you get your, until you get your fiscal footing back on track and stabilize this country's economics, mm-hmm. then this other stuff is going to mean anything because when your money stops meaning something, everything stops meaning something. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, now you say
WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. Rob, I don't know if you saw this article. The first humanoid robot factory in the U.S. is ready to crank out some robots. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Wait, there were a bunch of words there, and I think those words uh, made sense together, but maybe just one more time you could you could say that again. The first humanoid robot factory oh, in the country. How could absolutely anything go wrong with this? Yeah, they're ready to crank out 10,000 robots a year. Oh. When I think of this, the Will Smith movie, iRobot, uh-huh. comes to mind. Yeah. And didn't they all turn against the humans in that movie? Well, it, it, can you ever think of a movie Casey, where there were mass amounts of robots that didn't turn against the humans. Where it worked out good for the people? Uh, but seriously, like, I mean, Terminator, mm-hmm. iRobot, p- pick your favorite. Uh, there's a large amount of robots in this movie film. Mm-hmm. Did it end well for humanity? No, it did not. So how do we feel about this? I mean, is this robot going to sweep my floor, or is it going to sweep my legs? Well, okay, so this is, this is my thing with, like... Um, there are people who have the robot that sweeps the little, it's like a little circular Yeah, thing. the Roomba. Do you have one of those? No. Okay. My house is not nearly big enough <laughs> that I can't just get a broom out right. and just sweep it up. You don't need something that's hooked up to the GPS. Apparently, there's also one of these things that will cut the grass for you. Have you heard about this? Really? It's like the same thing. It's like you hook it up and it'll it'll cut the grass for you. Yes, my wife's grandparents have one of these. And they just, it's on a, I don't know, it's like an electric fence or whatever. It knows where to go. And yeah. It, every, two, it, and I think it's got its own thing set up where you it'll, every three or four days is on its own, just putter along and just do the yard. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that's That's got to be like those things that are at Purdue. Well, it's Those scared, little robot delivery systems. It scares the hell out of me. Yeah. And, and the, so there's so many layers by which this is bad. The first, of course, being that as these robots become more and more, um, diverse mm-hmm. in the things that they can do. Mm-hmm. It's just another area where you won't need a human, which means there's another area for which you will not need employment. Well, I'm wondering at what point are we going to have so many robots running around that then we're going to have to consider robots' rights. Oh, and, that's a and, great point. And robot diversity. You're right, yes. You know, okay. uh, oh. are, are robots going to demand pronouns? I, I have a question for you because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the robots other than they scare, scare the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, someone has to program the robot, right? Yeah. So ultimately, there's still human involvement in the robot, right? And until AI gets intertwined with it oh, and they become point. smart enough to program themselves. I didn't even think about that. Because aren't we heading in that direction already? And didn't we largely, in many ways, do this to ourselves based on the McDonald's guy who demanded $15 an hour? Right. Because didn't McDonald's say, oh, that's cute. We now have a kiosk that yeah. demands $0 an well, hour. Well, and then there's the robots that are at the Amazon warehouses that help stack boxes uh-huh. and carry boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah automation Uh on the car assembly line. And I think the one area that robots could potentially help humanity, and that is with healthcare. Uh Um, If they can help with some surgeries and be very precise, that would be good, right? Would you turn, your husband just had Mm -hmm. fairly major surgery. Yeah. Would you have turned his surgery over to a robot? Here, Tommy, Tommy the robot. What is this, the Jetsons? Right. That would scare- Would you let Rosie do your? have done your husband's surgery? No, not at all. I, well, I didn't want a human to do it. But, I mean, at least if something goes wrong, you can go to the human and say, hey, what's up? Yeah. But with the robot, what? 
I mean, I guess that would get rid of any sort of litigation or malpractice malpractice suits against a human. Because what are you going to do? Sue a robot? This sounds like a terrible idea for to me. And what is this place called? It, it's called Agility Robotics. Agility, and that also sounds even worse. But get this, uh, they plan on having all of these humanoids ready uh-huh. by 2025. Oh, how exciting. So in two and a half years. How long will it be before there's a, a robot who can do a radio talk show? They already are. What? Well, I mean, the AI. They're not doing talk shows, though. They're doing like the-, the Music intros. They're, yeah, they're doing like liners for, for music stations. They can't do what we do yet. Yet, but I think that probably is coming. Just program that in. Hey, uh, Mike Pence dropped out of the presidential race. Talk about that for a minute. I mean, you can already That's do that point. with AI. You good can good kick out an article. Of course, it won't have quite the opinion that uh-huh. you do. Do you ever get the- um? The spam calls from artificial intelligence? Sometimes. Where, where you, you, I get the text okay, more so, than the calls. So you will get a, you get spam calls, and then if they leave a voicemail, you can tell it's clearly artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Susie, and I'm just calling you about your whatever credit that mm-hmm. you're entitled to. I can tell the difference on that, and I can tell the difference on artificial intelligence images as we talked about yeah but it's getting better it's getting harder and harder to do it i am starting to struggle if it's ai or if it's you know like it's at a deep fake yeah. like i saw one with ron DeSantis the Ooh. other day and i couldn't tell if it was a fake or if it was real you know what's interesting is when pence did you know pence dropped out i heard that week? That's yes just I, terrible. I, I did i, I heard think that. we already talked about that on our show it's we did. terrible um but when he made the video <laughs> mm-hmm. uh hammer and nigel and i have the little group thread and one of them, I can't remember what it, who it was. I think it was Nigel. Said I saw this video, and I, my initial thought was that has to be a deep fake. Right. It's hard to That's tell. That's where you're at now. Yeah, sometimes you got to double check all this stuff. That's the direction we're headed in. Okay, there's this other story why Gen Z is moving to the Great Plains and the Mountain West. Oh. And uh, this survey was done, and they conducted a poll of all of the states that Gen Zs are uh-huh. moving to. Yeah. Indiana is 10th on the list. Oh, wow. And that is because the younger generation wants the wide open spaces. What, of, well, well, what a wide open spaces left here? They're terrible it all down and building high-density housing development. Yeah, this is true. Eventually, they're going to take up all the space and farmland, aren't they? Well, that's and this is another example of people who want to flee something, but then they want to make the place they they want to make the place they've gone to like the place they fled. I don't want it. I don't want the Gen Z people. I don't want you. I'm just fine the way it is. Yeah, you don't want them in their silly little politics the, campus protesting minds, no, do you? You keep your high-density housing developments to yourself, there, Gen Z. I'll I'll be just fine right where I'm at. Okay. Okay, well, you're a millennial, and they say that the reason that Gen Z is different from millennials uh-huh. is because the millennials gravitated towards big cities. They want the big city life, like D.C. and Chicago, not the uh, not the hills and open spaces of Idaho and Nebraska and the Dakotas. Well, I think a big part of this is, and we've talked about this before, like with, say, college, how the my generation and then maybe the generation before Gen Xers as well— it was ingrained in your mind. You have to go to college, right? You have to, um, you have to have a four-year college degree. If you don't have this, you're going to be a failure. And even if you aren't a failure in your terms of ability to provide for yourself and your family, you're going to be a failure in perception. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of people who didn't need four-year degrees wasted all sorts of time and resources and money and are in debt to this day getting those four-year degree four-year degrees. I think the same thing is true here, in which my generation was. And if you look at Indiana is a great example, the 
population shift in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Population hasn't so much grown as it's shifted to where essentially eight or nine counties have the overwhelming majority of the population in the state of Indiana. That's yeah. because you were told, hey, rural rural high school guy, mm-hmm. you're going to be a complete zero unless you get to the big city or the right. big suburb. Yeah, when all these people are looking for the rural yeah. area. Great. Uh, this article also mentioned one other thing that I wanted to share with you. The average down payment that a Gen Z will do on a home in these wide open spaces, uh-huh. $30,000. Does that sound about right well, to you? No, that, well, so it depends on what you want to do. I had a conversation with a realtor over the weekend about this, and it is amazing how little people are putting on a down payment um, in terms of being able to get back into homes. Because remember for a while, that this is kind of what caused the the housing collapse of 2008, one, I mean, one of numerous things, was right. people were getting in these houses with very little down payment. My thing is, if you, sh- I think we should have a thing where if you can't put 20% down, shouldn't be buying a home. So the average down payment for a home in San Francisco, yeah. this is exclusively for San Francisco, 66000 Oh, yeah. So well, that, twice that's, as much as but, other areas But that's also country. not that much for what a home costs in San Francisco. That's true. That could be like 1%. Oh, right? yeah. Or half I mean, a percent. There's no doubt that a home in San Francisco is going to cost you three, four, five times more than what you're paying here in Indiana. All right. One last little uh, nugget before we get out of here. Two Indiana cities were ranked by Orkin as- That's the bug people. Yeah, the pest people. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so these two Indiana cities were ranked as uh-huh. uh, top- 50 rattiest oh. cities in the U.S. Uh-huh. So apparently we've got some some rat problems. Oh, yeah. I bet you can guess the two cities if you think about uh, it. Okay, let's see. I'm going to go with Gary. <laughs> You're close. Oh. You're very close. Uh, it is a northern town. Oh, which one is it? South Bend. Oh, okay. Very close. <laughs> Bad things always seem to come out of South Bend, right? Uh, Gar- but Gary's not on the list. No, Gary's well, not on the exciting. list. Uh, the other city is, of course, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, very yeah. good, yes. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. Have a great afternoon. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.